Listener discretion is strongly advised in today's case. The injuries described are brutal and horrific. It was a normal Friday evening on July 21st, 2013. Single mum Rain Periwinkle got her three young daughters ready to head to their local Dollar General in their hometown of Jacksonville, Florida. Rain didn't own a car, so they had no choice but to make the 20-minute walk. They got to the store around 7.30pm and what was meant to be a quick trip to grab a few things would quickly turn into a parent's worst nightmare. Hey Coffee and Crimers, I'm your host, Belle Fagan. Although Rain needed to pick up a few household items, the main reason for their visit was to buy some new clothes for her oldest child, eight-year-old Cherish, who was boarding a plane the next morning to go and spend the summer with her dad in California. Now, like I said, Rain was a single mum, and she and the kids survived on really limited funds, with Rain having to watch every single penny. That being said, just like all of us mums, she hated her kids missing out. So she wanted Cherish to have at least one new outfit to wear on her journey. But Dollar General, which to those outside of the US is, as the name suggests, a discount store, was about all that she could afford. As they were looking through sundresses, a frilly white dress had caught Cherish's eye. It was missing a tag, so Rain asked a cashier to do a price check. It did turn out to be a bit more than she could manage, so Rain reluctantly put the dress back on the rack with Cherish, like any eight-year-old, pleading with her mum to buy it. While Rain had been waiting for the cashier to tell her the price, she'd noticed a middle-aged man loitering at the entrance. Unbeknownst to her, when she and the kids walked back to the clothes rack, he had asked the cashier if they were putting the dress back. When he found out that they were, he went looking for them. Finding them browsing in the kids' section, he initiated some small talk with Rain, joking that she had her hands full with three young kids. And side note, that really is the most annoying observation to make. So many people do it. And guess what? We as mums know that we're juggling, okay? (laughs) But anyway, ignore me. He didn't leave it at that, though. Rain mumbled politely, thinking that he'd leave. But instead, he smiled and carried on, telling her that his name was Don. He ended up putting her so at ease that within minutes they were chit-chatting like old friends. Now, it didn't take a genius to realise that Rain was on a tight budget. So using that as his in, as it were, he generously offered to let her have a $150 Walmart gift card that he said was just sitting at home gathering dust. So instead of just letting it sit there, he offered to phone his wife and have her bring it over so that Cherish could get the clothes that she needed. Although this overly friendly stranger had made her feel semi-uneasy to start with, Rain also didn't want to look a gift horse in the mouth, so she accepted his kind offer. Together, they all went outside to go and meet Don's wife. After standing around waiting for several minutes, the young kids began to get restless, as they do. So Don suggested that they meet his wife inside Walmart instead. It was beginning to rain and he had plenty of room in his van, so he offered to drive the family of four over to Walmart. Now at this point, Rain didn't know what to do. 
On the one hand, she didn't really know this man, who definitely seemed too good to be true. But on the other, she also wasn't looking forward to walking 20 minutes in the rain when it was nearly dark. Not only that, but her mum guilt was kicking in, and saying no meant Cherish wouldn't have anything new to wear in California. Sensing that Don was growing impatient, she pushed all her doubts aside and accepted the ride. I know we're all screaming right now, saying, no, don't do it, Rain, don't do it. So Rain opens the doors of the van and sees that all the windows were covered and the back seats laid down. She hesitated, had an internal debate, but again threw caution to the wind and began buckling her kids into the seats and hoped with everything that her gut instincts were wrong. Now let me just stop there and say, ladies, our gut instincts are never wrong, okay? And that is a hill I will die on. So please, please, please never ignore what your gut is telling you. Us girls always know. Now we often choose to ignore them, but we know. So they get to the Walmart and I'm sure at this point Rain is breathing a sigh of relief. She and the kids go inside while Don says that he's going to wait by the car for his wife. With the thought of having $150 to spend, it didn't take long before their cart was filled with clothes, not only for Cherish, but also for her younger sisters. While they were busy looking through some of the clothes racks, Don comes and joins them. He made no mention of the gift card and there's no woman with him, but Rain assumes that she's gone back home and he's holding on to the gift card until they get to the checkout. Feeling more relaxed, she and the girls carry on shopping. Now, at one point, Rain did notice that Don was trying to persuade Cherish to try on a pair of women's high heels. Now, remember, she's only eight. When he tried to insist that she put them in the cart, Rain did put her foot down, saying that they were way too big and definitely not meant for children. She started getting nervous again when she saw him disappear into the fitting room with her little girl at least twice. And even though every fibre of her being was screaming at her that something was off about this whole situation, she kept quiet, scared of making Don angry. Her gut feelings were being drowned out by the thought of having to tell Cherish that she would have to put all the clothes that she was so excited to get for her trip back on the racks for the second time that night. The thought of her sad little face kept her from grabbing the kids and getting the heck out of there. Don comes back from the changing rooms with Cherish and asks Rain if she and the girls have eaten. And when she says no, he offers to buy them all cheeseburgers at the McDonald's that is at the entrance of the store. Feeling silly for doubting him and just grateful for his kindness now, Rain accepts. But what she didn't realise was that as he walked away, Cherish had gone with him. 30 minutes later, a worker announced over the loudspeaker that the store would be closing and that all purchases now needed to be taken to the nearest cashier. With a full basket of clothes and other products, but no gift card, no Don, and then realising no Cherish, Rain started to panic. Racing up and down the aisles, gripping onto her toddlers, she looked everywhere for the stranger and her daughter, but they were nowhere to be found. 
The McDonald's was already closed for the night and her stomach dropped even more. She ran outside and a cold reality set in when there was no sign of Don, no sign of Cherish and no sign of his van. At 11.20pm, she placed a tearful call to 911, telling them that she was scared that her daughter had been kidnapped. What do you mean? Taken by a stranger. I can't find her. And you say you're at the Walmart on Lynn Turner? Yes, I am. Okay, when was, where did you last see her at? Walmart. I met a man today at Dollar General. He saw that I was struggling to buy them some clothes. He drove us here to buy us some clothes, and the only reason I went with him because he said his wife was going to be here. Because I told him I don't take rides with strangers. And is she a white female, black female? Excuse me? Is she a white or black female? What color? I don't remember what clothes she's wearing because I'm panicking right now. I'm trying not to panic. Okay, and she was last seen with this man? Yes. He went. He said he was going to McDonald's and he, he hasn't been there because the store is closed right now. Okay, is he a white man or a black man? A white man. He's got white, short hair, and he's got dark eyebrows. You say dark, dark, short hair? No, he's got white hair and dark eyebrows. I had a strange feeling about him when I first met him. He took her to the, he took her to the, to, to the dressing room twice, and I was hoping that she would be okay. And I was looking at the shoes, and I didn't want him to think that I was overly protective, freaking out. But now they're not here, and I find it very odd because he knew that. Oh, okay, ma'am, what color vehicle does he drive? It's a white van. That, do you remember any stickers or anything on the side of the van? Anything that you can remember at all? Did it have tinted windows or anything? I know he's got carpet in the van. I didn't take a good look. Sorry. And he, he said what? I didn't take a good look at the van. Okay, do you remember what, did you see any tag on it or anything? Was no. it a Florida tag? No, I didn't look at that. I feel like a fool. Okay, but can you remember what he had on? No, I don't remember anything because I'm panicking right now. He said his name is Dawn. He said he was supposed to meet his wife here. His wife never showed up, and I couldn't figure out why. His wife didn't even show up at Dollar General. And he told you that y'all were going to meet his wife at um, the Walmart? Yes. First, she was supposed to show up at Dollar General, and then he was going to meet with her at at Walmart, and we've been here probably two hours, and she didn't show up, and I ha have this cart full of clothes that he said he was going to pay for with a $100 gift card, and I, excuse me, I, I had a bad feeling. I thought, well, I feel like pinching myself because this is too good to be true. So I got to the checkout. He's not here. He isn't here. And I'm hoping he's not raping her right now because I've had that done to me. And it's not is not fun. She's supposed to go to California in the morning through the plane. And he knows as I told him this. He knew when the store was closing. I had a bad feeling about him. Okay, how long have you been looking for you? When was the last time you saw him? How long ago? About half an hour ago. 
Got to keep it looking for her for a half an hour? Yes. There's nobody in the store. And he knew the store was closing. He said he was going to McDonald's. She went with him. He was going to the McDonald's inside the store? Yes, there's a McDonald's inside the store. He wasn't here. Oh, somebody said they saw him, but he's not here. He should have had the the, uh, the nerve to stand here and wait. He must know that I'm panicking by now. Okay, ma'am, where are you in the store now? Are you outside or where? No, I'm in the front of the store. I think I need to hang up because... Uh, no, ma'am, what shirt five, do you have on? Five, eight. What color shirt do you have on? I have on a short black polka dot dress and brown flip-flop sandals. I have long red hair. And you're right in front of the store? Excuse me? Who are you talking to? A Walmart employee there. They're talking to my girls because they haven't had anything to eat. What'd you say, ma'am? They haven't had anything to eat, so the Walmart employee was talking to my girls. Talking to your who? My girls. Okay, you have more kids with you? Yes, I have two. My other one, I think he, t- I think he took her. Things she's been taking. You say you yes. have other kids with you? Yes, I do. He was he was uh he was giving too much attention. He wanted her to buy these really tall shoes that were women's shoes and I told him no. I said they're too high for her. I wouldn't even wear shoes that high. Maybe he was grooming her. I hope to God he doesn't kill her and I hope to God he doesn't rape her. Okay, and when did you meet him today? I met him at Dollar General in Edgewood. I was struggling with my money to buy the girls some clothes, and he saw that I, what I was doing, and he said that he was waiting on his wife to show up. And so I waited around to meet her, and she didn't show up, and then he said he was going to give us a ride over here to Walmart. And then we waited in the parking lot for maybe 20 minutes for her to show up. She didn't show up. So we all went into the store. We've been here about two hours, and she didn't show up. And I don't understand why he would leave right now unless he's got a rape or a killer. That's the only reason. And I'm wasting my time standing here. You're not wasting your time, ma'am. We have officers on their way to you. I can't remember what I'm wearing. Ooh. I need to sit down and be calm and close my eyes and try to remember what I'm wearing. Okay, ma'am, just stay in front of the store and then, and yes, try to think about what she's wearing and what he's wearing. So when the officers get there, you can tell them, okay? Yeah. Okay, can you think of anything else about the van or anything? Uh, it had a line around the van as if it were maybe a metal, a, a metal, not a sticker, but maybe, I don't know how to explain. Like a, like a pinstripe? You remember what, no. color, what color the line was? I think it was dark, maybe like a silver. And it and it had a big space in the middle of the van where he had taken out where he had taken out a couple of seats and he put my stroller in there. Or I put the stroller in there. I don't want him to kill her. Or or wanna be one of those parents that they're going through this. I feel responsible because I, I, I told him when I first met him that I, that I was a little bit scared of him because I thought he was waiting to rob us outside the Dollar General because he was just standing there. And he said, well, 
if you really want that dress, for, but I don't get it for her. I should have told him no. My, my, my girls need clothes so bad. Why I let him do it, but I'm so sorry. Now these ladies have to put all the clothes back in the store. Can you remember anything else about him? Whenever you were talking to him, did he sound funny, like he had an accent or anything? Or He said he works for Habitat. He said he worked for Habitat? Yes. Did he say where they live? No, I don't remember that. He said his wife is from the Virgin Islands. We had a little chat in the in the van on the way over. And did he say he lived on that side of town or anything? He said he, he didn't he didn't know this part of town. He wasn't sure about this part of town. Gosh, he knows the store's closed. He knows McDonald's is closed. Why in the world would he take? Don't see the van in the in the parking lot or anything where y'all left it. Well, have you been outside to the parking lot? I went outside the door, but I don't. I don't think I see the van. Yeah, yeah. He took her. He took her away. Okay, who are you speaking with, ma'am? I'm speaking to a Walmart employee. Oh my God! Are you outside now, ma'am? Yeah, there's two police officers out here. Two police cars. Okay, go ahead and speak with Oscar. Thank you. Now, as you heard, the dispatcher was pretty sympathetic. But the same couldn't be said for the officers that came to the scene. They were super sceptical of Rain's story. And figuring that Rain wasn't being truthful, they decided to treat Cherish's disappearance as a missing person rather than a kidnapping victim. And what that meant was that an Amber Alert wasn't issued until six hours later. And zero information had been given to either the media or the public. So what changed their mind? Well, it was when they finally got a hold of the security footage taken inside of the Walmart. The grainy footage showed the family shopping with Don looking on and then it showed him leaving the store with Cherish by his side. The cameras outside then showed them getting into the van and driving away. This game changer sent authorities scrambling to make up for lost time in finding not only Don, but more importantly, cherish. So images of the van and Don were released to neighbouring law enforcement agencies as well as the general public. At 9am the next morning a highway patrol officer spotted a van that was the perfect match for the description of Don's vehicle that had been circulated. He immediately gave chase forcing the driver to pull over and to get out with his hands up. And who got out but a soaking wet 56 year old Donald Smith. The officer asked him what he'd been up to that morning and, more importantly, why the heck was he wet? His bizarre explanation was that he was drenched in sweat from a night of smoking crack and sleeping with multiple prostitutes. Thankfully, though, the officer was not about to let him go. He was as sketchy as heck and not only that, but his van matched the surveillance footage. So he placed him under arrest on suspicion of kidnap. The only problem was there was no sign of Cherish in the van. Now, not long after this arrest, a tip was actually called in from a local citizen saying that a couple of hours previous, she had seen a white van matching the description that police had given parked outside of a Baptist church. She'd also seen a man, who she assumed was the driver, doing something a little sketchy around the nearby creek. 
Now, she didn't know for sure, but she thought she noticed him dumping something into the water. So we've got a wet man pulled over, and now we've got a report of seeing a man by a creek. So this has got to be the right guy. 11 hours after Rain's 911 call, a recovery team headed to the area that the caller from the tip line had described. And almost as soon as the search got underway, cadaver dogs found Cherish's brutalised body hidden underneath a log in the creek. Now, this is a reminder of my listener discretion that I gave you guys at the start. Her autopsy revealed that eight-year-old Cherish had been raped and sodomised so violently that her female organs were no longer recognisable. She had also suffered multiple bruises and abrasions. Semen was found in her mouth, her vagina and her rectum, and that would later be found to be a match to the suspected perpetrator, Donald Smith. It was also determined that a gag had been tied around Cherish's mouth so tightly that her gums and nostrils had bled. There were signs of blunt force trauma to the head as well as defensive wounds to her hands and her arms. He'd strangled her so hard that her eyeballs bled. When the examination of her remains was complete, the cause of death was registered as ligature strangulation and the coroner reported that Cherish didn't die quickly or easily. It was a brutal and tortured death. Don was also examined on the day of his arrest and the prison doctor found that he had injuries to his penis. The attack on Cherish had been so vicious and violent that it had bruised and cut his private parts as well. Traces of her DNA were also found to still be present on them. Now you can't get any more proof of his guilt than that. It literally smacked investigators in the face. So authorities charged Donald with the kidnapping, sexual assault and murder of Cherish. And sickeningly, while he was sitting in lockup, he was caught on audio tape making absolutely vile comments about young girls to the other inmates in there. To me, that's just more evidence that he is the epitome of sick and depraved. He couldn't even pretend to be a decent human being for like five minutes to throw suspicion away from him. Then investigators start looking into Donald Smith's past and they are shook. Not only has he got a criminal history that dates back to the 1970s, but his arrest record was 95 pages long and counting. Among other things, his list of offences included multiple attempted abductions of young girls, crude and indecent acts performed in the presence of minors, obscene phone calls to a child and impersonating a CPS worker. Like, how is this man walking the streets? Now, in fairness, he had received sentences ranging from a few months to several years, but he was always released back into society where he pretty much picked up where he left off. And you want to know the most tragic thing? His last prison stint had ended less than three weeks before Cherish's abduction. Like, he was literally fresh out of jail. They then also began looking for the wife that Rain had told them about in her statement, which was the whole reason that she felt she could trust him. Turns out, 
that that was a big fat lie and a complete figment of his imagination. Now, there was a woman in his life, and that was his mum, who, surprise, surprise, he still lived with. While waiting for his trial to start, he would often speak to her on the phone. Now, if he was new to the system, I'd say that he probably didn't realise that all calls were recorded. But considering that he was a career criminal or a pervert, more accurately, I'd say we're pretty safe to assume that he did know. Because during their conversations, he would make a point of saying to her that he didn't find young girls appealing, which seems a little bit too convenient to me. He did, though, admit to his mum that he had raped Cherish, but he said that he had only used the eight-year-old's body as an outlet for his rage and hostility. According to him, he hadn't gotten any sexual gratification from the assault. Now, if he thinks that makes what he did any better, then he really is beyond help. Being the piece of dirt that he is, he then laid the blame for what happened that night on the victim. He said that Cherish had followed him out of the store completely of her own will and that it actually irritated him. In fact, he was so dismissive of her, not only did he portray her as a pest, but he said that he didn't even remember her name. What a pig. So he carried on with his version to his mum that once they were outside, he was shocked to see that she had climbed into his van, completely and utterly uninvited. It then dawned on him that as a registered sex offender, he was prohibited from being around children alone, so he felt that he now had no choice but to kill her. No, friend, as a registered pervert, you shouldn't have even gone near any of the periwinkles back in the Dollar General. Now, his mum might have believed the crap that he was spouting, but the police and the prosecutors eavesdropping on the calls didn't. Now, what Don didn't realise was that his movements from the minute he had come across Rain and the kids in the Dollar General until he drove away from the Walmart with Cherish, had all been caught on CCTV or surveillance cameras. Investigators could tell by viewing the footage that he had, without a doubt, stalked Cherish like a predator, waiting to pounce on its prey. Now, he might not have been the sharpest tool in the shed, academically, but he was cunning enough to know that he needed to tread carefully if there was going to be any chance of separating Cherish away from her mum and siblings. And he'd been clever enough to use Rain's financial difficulties to his advantage, using the promise of new clothes for her kids as bait. He had manipulated her from the get-go. Getting her on board was the only way he could lead what he saw as his prey into his trap. Showering her with attention which, let's be honest, kids respond to, especially if they don't have a regular father figure. Cherish had no reason to think that he meant her any harm, which is probably why she had more than happily walked with him to the McDonald's. Her little innocence meant she wasn't afraid, which I guess is also why, when he told her that they would drive to another location to pick up the burgers, she didn't mind getting back into the van. He'd played the long game and it paid off. Because even though the store was busy, not one other customer sensed that anything was wrong. People just saw this older man and a child leave, but they looked like any other grandfather out shopping with his granddaughter. So no alarm bells went off in anyone's minds. These witnesses had no way of knowing that once this grandfather-looking man had the little girl all to himself, he would turn into the ultimate monster. 
On February 5th, 2018, four years after Cherish was murdered, Don's trial began. Rain's grief and her overwhelming feelings of guilt were still understandably raw, but she took the stand and recounted the hours leading up to her daughter's kidnapping. She told the court that yes, she'd had a bad feeling about the defendant from the minute she laid eyes on him, but had convinced herself that she was just being paranoid. So the defence team's initial plan had been to put the blame for Cherish's death completely and utterly on Rain's shoulders, because essentially she'd allowed Don to get access to her in the first place. But by doing that, they suddenly realised that they would basically be throwing their own client under the bus, so they completely scrapped that idea. Now, I gave you guys a trigger warning for just what was a bare overview of what Cherish went through, and that felt horrific enough. But can you imagine what the jury had to hear? Like, no details could be spared. So much so that something that rarely, if ever, happens, happened. The medical examiner, Dr Valerie Rao, broke down in tears during her testimony when she shared the autopsy results with the court. She was so distraught that she actually asked for a brief recess so that she could compose herself. Like, can you imagine? This is her job, and whether we like it or not, you do become hardened to death when you see it day in and day out. So if she began crying just talking about it, it must have been beyond our worst imagination. After the short recess, she gets back on the stand and continues describing the horrific tortures that had been inflicted upon that beautiful little girl, with the jurors visibly wiping away their own tears. So now it's the defence's turn. Taking their advice, Don had chosen not to take the stand, and interestingly, there were also no character witnesses either that were called to speak on his behalf. So instead, the attorneys go for the oldest trick in the book, claiming diminished responsibility, saying that their client had suffered a traumatic brain injury at the age of nine that had altered his perceptions of right and wrong. And from then on, he'd been unable to control his impulses and had acted out inappropriately through no fault of his own. Get for real, okay? It took less than 20 minutes for the jury to deliver a verdict of guilty on the charges of first-degree murder, rape and kidnapping. He was then sentenced three months later in May of 2018, where the judge handed down the punishment of death by lethal injection. Halla freaking Louis. Now, no surprise, but his lawyers immediately appealed the verdict on the grounds that the trial should have been moved to an area that was less biased against Donald. But a request for a change of venue had actually already been asked for before the trial had even begun and had been denied. So this appeal was thrown out as a complete non-starter. So then they argued that the coroner's tearful testimony had completely swayed the jury in the prosecution's favour. Now, the minute that I'd read that she'd cried in my research, I knew the defence would try and use that against the prosecution. But thankfully, that argument was also dismissed and the verdict still stood. Donald Smith was sent to death row at the Union Correctional Institution in Union County, Florida, where no execution date has yet been set. But frankly, it can't come soon enough for all of Cherish's family. But... Is Don letting them heal and grieve in peace? Is he heck? 
literally last week, okay, last week, he and his new lawyers were back in court with a new appeal on the grounds that his original lawyers didn't properly defend him and hadn't properly vetted the jurors. They also claimed that the original defence lawyers hadn't done their job properly while Rain Periwinkle was testifying. And do you know what they mean by that? They argued that the original lawyer hadn't yelled out objection to anything that Rain had said. Jeez freaking Louise. And that they failed to adequately inform Don of the consequences when he instructed them not to cross-examine Rain. Finally, they argued that the original lawyers should have accepted a plea deal rather than go to trial. So the hell that this family have been through is now being dragged back up to the surface, having to face that monster once again and listen to him try to wriggle out of getting exactly what he deserves. So for now, he remains locked up and let's hope and pray that this current hearing doesn't lead to a new trial. And if there's a new trial, that that doesn't lead to anything less than what he's already received. To see today's case photos, click on the link in the case description to join the Cup of Coffee and Crime Facebook discussion group. Until next week, stay safe.